Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Just remain standing for a few more moments. And then you can watch me stand the rest of the moments. I had an awesome time with our ladies, our women, our united women on Monday night. We had a tremendous, tremendous time. And, uh, man, I, I don't really know how to explain it to you, but, man, guys, we're going to have to pick it up in our discipleships, man. They had a great, like, the atmosphere. I'm not even talking about the preaching of the word. Even before I spoke the word, there was an atmosphere in that place. For the la- It was awesome. You could see it. You could sense it. You could feel it. The classes they had, it was just tremendous, tremendous. Uh, the food, they had really good food as well. That's your fault, Sister Tina. That's your fault. It's good food right there. And, um, you know, they all cooked, and they brought it together. So it was a, uh, I almost feel like wearing a wig and coming tomorrow night. <laughs> Walk it in, power. <laughs> hey. Amen. But, no, ladies, I do want to encourage you. It's, uh, you, got, you got one for me? Thank you, Z. Got a wig for me? I'll be like, I'm walking in, hi, do triple Z, like what, because I put the devil to sleep, uh. you like that, you like that, you got you to gotta catch up with that, amen, so, but ladies, I do want to encourage you, it's worth the drive, a church alive is worth the drive, and tomorrow night, I, I believe me, I know you get off work late, and like, oh man, but I'm tired, I'm telling you, ladies, just come tomorrow night. It's well, well worth it. Powerful. So I say that because I had an opportunity to speak, and I feel led upon my heart to share that message with you that I spoke on Monday night with a little twist here today. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Somebody say Nazareth. He said it was a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Greetings, you who are highly favored. Favored, the Lord is with you. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, remove me, place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit. Thank you for what you've done and what you're continuing to do. Lord, have your way, your word, your church, your people, and your mission. In the mighty name of Jesus. And we all said, before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell him, Oh, Mary. You may be seated. Now, when it comes to Mary, you never really know what to do with her, per se. But I feel like I'm in good company because as you read the historical archives of the sermons, they don't really know what to do with her either. There's not a whole lot that is really dedicated to her in Scripture as much as we do in tradition. Now, the thing about Mary is that Mary has been honored in shrines. She has been prayed to. Matter of fact, Mary's even worshipped. 
She is worshipped even throughout. There has been different artists. Botticelli, Cassatt, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, Bellini, Caravaggio, Raphael, even thousands of artists have tried to imagine Mary on a canvas. For many traditions, Mary is actually an afterthought. In other words, she's a means to an end. She is rarely discussed other than to occupy a figure that is set up of the annual nativity scene where she occupies a reserved place in biblical history. The title of this message is Mary, more than a nativity scene. Mary is more than just a woman that you see with a headdress over her that sits in front of a baby in a manger on an annual nativity part. She's more than that. There is a whole lot more to Mary than just what we see. If we were to just kind of take a step back and pause for a little bit, we will see that in the context of this story, we discover that no one in all of human history has had such as a divine interruption that Mary had and Mary experienced. Matter of fact, when you study the uh, the pillars of the biblical faith, there was always a divine interruption with Moses, a divine interruption. Joseph, a divine interruption. You will find it with Abraham, a divine interruption. Even Jesus himself, when he walked this earth, he had mentioned that I am here to declare the Lord's favor. It was a divine interruption. But nobody in history had a divine interruption and carried the call like Mary. Mary actually carried it inside of her. Can't think of a greater favor than that. That is the favor of the Lord. Somebody say favor. Now in verse 29, look with me here. It says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. Now we see this word again. You have found favor. He says it twice. Not just once, but twice. Mary, you have found favor with God. Now what does it mean to be favored? This is very important because when it means to be favored, right away you think of something that is your favorite. I have my favorite snack. I have my favorite movie. I have a favorite sports team. I have a favorite coat. I have, you know, they're just my favorite. This is what I love. It's my favorite. But this is very important because this kind of favor was God's favor. And it's very important to understand God's favor because in Mary's life, what was about to happen is that she was about to be unfavored with her friends. She found God's favor, but she was about to be unfavored in the community. She was about to be unfavored with the people around her. There was about to be an unfavorite. She was going to be on the worst list of people who were unfavored. She was at the very bottom. Now you're probably saying, well, wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. I thought Mary, she was a nice person, humble and meek. And look at her st uh, sitting there next to Joseph on an activity scene. No, my friend, there's a whole lot more to that than meets the eye. Mary found favor with God, but she was looking at unfavorite with man. Unfavor with man. Now, if you're probably saying, well, pastor, what do you mean? Think of it like this. Mary was an engaged teenager who was pregnant before her wedding date, and this was not exactly looked upon with great favor in the community. Matter of fact, not even then, but the same as even today. 
whispers of scandal and a lot of entrapment and different things were happening because all of a sudden, here's a teenager. Now remember, this is very important because when we look at Mary, a lot of people may think, well, she was older. Actually, at that time, she could have been anywhere from 13 to 16 years of age. At that time, you can get married. When you're 13 years old, you can get married. Matter of fact, in the Hebrew tradition and even, even to this day, uh, you will look at and you will find throughout Scripture, you don't find a lot of pre-teenage stuff. You don't find teenage stuff. You're either a man or a boy. You're either a woman or a girl. There is no like, oh, that's a youth. No, 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 no. You're either a man or you're a boy. So in here, what we see with Mary, she could have very easily been a 15-year-old girl. Now think of it like this. She was engaged to be married, but she was already pregnant. Think of it like that. So all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, she's getting married. I know why she's getting married. We know what you did. Mm-hmm. So at first glance, all of a sudden, here's a young girl, a teenage girl, who's engaged to be married. Now, this is very important because in our culture, in an engagement, you can actually call it off in our culture. Our culture, in an engagement, you can get, oh, okay, I love him. Will, will you marry me? Yes, I do. And then a month later, you're like, I hate this guy. Take this ring back. I don't ever want to see you again. In this culture, when you're engaged, that's it. You're going to marry him. You're marrying her. It's a legally binding call. It's legally. It's right. It's, you're getting engaged. There's no turning back. You're in this to win this. You're in it till the end. So here, with this young woman, all of a sudden, now looking at, people are looking at her, and she is now wondering, wait a second, I'm not yet married. I don't have this husband yet. How can I be the one? How could God want to use me? How could I be favored? Shouldn't you use somebody else who already knows and understands what it is to be intimate with a man? Shouldn't you already use somebody else who's been there and done that? But yet here comes God and says, no, I'm going to highly favor the unlikely because I've got a plan and I've got something powerful for them if she will just learn how to say yes. Just learn how to say yes. See, to have found favor with God is to find grace with God. Somebody say grace. See, this means to gain approval or acceptance or even blessing. See, in the New Testament, the word grace shares, shares the same root word as favor. Moses found favor with God. Noah found favor with God. Joseph, Samuel, even Jesus found favor with God. See, God extends his favor to those who have lived generous, humble, and God-honoring lives. To receive the favor of God means one is in a posture of worship and a position of humility and grace. And in this uh, place, this is where Mary lived. Mary lived in the favor of God. This is where Mary was. So it's very important, real quick, and I'm going to go over these real, real quickly because I want to make sure that we get this in our spirit. And I believe God wants to speak with many of you through the life of Mary. And so I'm going to give you four quick things that I find here, four quick moments that we find in the life of Mary here in Luke chapter 1 that all of a sudden Mary began to live out in this risky call that God had over her life. Number one was Mary's fear. Number two was Mary's response. 
Number three was Mary's question. And number four, which I think every single one of us are going to love, is Mary's song. Mary sang a song. And what kind of song did she sing? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But number one was Mary's fear. Somebody say Mary's fear. Look at your neighbor and say Mary's fear. Now, what's very important here today, excuse me, is that if you and I can understand this, you and I probably could have the same fear as what Mary had even back then. In the Jewish culture, Mary and Joseph were already legally bound. And on the wedding day, they were going to seal the deal intimately, but rather than that, they were married. See, in our culture, an engagement is not legally binding. You can actually break it off, but here, there was a legal connection so all of a sudden now we see this connection that is happening between Mary and Joseph and we see them traveling somebody say travel now where were they traveling from they were traveling from Nazareth the Bible says that Mary was from Nazareth see you and I we hear Jesus of Nazareth but you know why Jesus was from Nazareth was because Mary was from Nazareth you want to get that connection this is where it came from Mary was the one that was from Nazareth. Mary was the one that was from this place. Now, as I looked up Nazareth, Nazareth was a pretty much insignificant city. It was an unlikely place with unlikely people. Who in the world would choose Nazareth? Who in the world would choose Dakota? Who in the world would choose Hayward? What good can come from the valley? Castro Valley at that. What good can come from there? There is not much that is happening when you hear that Mary is, a, is from Nazareth. Matter of fact, Nazareth was a despised place. If we look at it from our day, uh, or our day and age, it's a place on the map that you drive and you stop and you get gas and you keep going to your real destination. That's what Nazareth was. Nazareth is pretty much Tracy. I know you're looking at that, huh? That's cold, huh? That's cold. But it's true. That's how they saw Nazareth. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know the Nazareth, but, like, what, what, what can come out of there? What good can come from there? You know what can come out of there? Favored people can come out of there. We may not have favor with man. We may not have the luxuries of man. We may not have the success of man, but I got favor with God. See, I don't have it all together, but I know who keeps me together. And I understand that. And when you understand that, you begin to live in a different realm. You begin to think in a different realm because you don't need man's favor. You understand that you got God's favor. And when you got God's favor, then my friend, that's all that matters. And here comes the angel of the Lord to Mary and says, hey, Mary, I don't care where you're from. I know where I want to take you. I got great plans for you. I got a great thing for you. And I'm telling you, there's something great that's going to happen inside of you. So if you here today can catch the vision that God wants to put inside of you, you can take it anywhere. You can take it anywhere. And you won't have to be a despised person. You're from Hayward? Ugh, Hayward. 
Whenever I talk to people about Hayward, right away, I kind of get that motion that nobody really wants to talk about. I'll talk about it. I get it. But right away, they go, oh, you're from Hayward. So you're not going to rob me, are you? Yeah. Hayward's just got this bad connotation. Drug addicts. Another thing is it's true. It's true. But you know, this is what actually get, getting me excited. Because I start talking to people about Hayward from, you know, at least those from the Bay Area that know Hayward. Because there's, there's a jacket of every city. Every city, no matter how you look at it. What I've learned about jackets, because some of you are like, oh, I don't like that jacket. You know what you need to do? You need to learn how to wear that jacket. Because you can't, you can try, about, I'm going to get rid of it, but it gets thrown right back at you. Like, wow, well, so look at whenever I talk about Hayward, like, oh, man, all they do is they just, they kill cops over there, which is true. They got heroin addicts over there, which is true. They got gang members over there, which is true. But I've learned how to wear it and say, okay, that is true. But guess what? It is going down. When you look at the statistics, I'm, one day I'm going to do this. You look, you look at the statistics of the violence and the crimes and the addiction over the years, it has gone way, way, way down. You know what I accredit it to? I credit it to the churches of, that are finding favor in God's house. And all of a sudden, the light is beginning to shine over and over. See, I don't want to travel and be happy and be proud about a negative connotation. I don't want people to know, oh, man, oh, yeah, that's a, uh, the, you know, a lot of cars get stolen over there, a lot of drug addicts over there. That's nothing to be proud of. Nothing to be proud of. If anything, I want people to know that, hey, you know what? I understand I'm from a negative place. There's a negative surrounding. It's not all that great. But God can still do something great in a city like this. You may not see it, but I'm telling you, God has put a vision inside of me that is greater than what's around me. Because it's here. It's here. I have found favor. You have found favor. When you understand that, you think differently. You walk differently. You talk differently. And you're able to say, yeah, I'm a child of God. I'm highly favored. See, listen, listen to me, Vitriol, Heart of the Bay. When you walk and you talk, you need to understand that you are highly favored. You're, you are not determined by your surroundings that are around you. You are determined by the favor that is inside of you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he. In other words, greatness is inside of you. It's not about what's around you. It's what's inside of you. This is what I think the angel was telling Mary. The angel was saying this. Even though you are not married and you're still a virgin, you are going to give birth to the Savior of the world, the Jewish Messiah that your people are all waiting for, him. You, an unknown girl from an unknown place, will do this very thing and is going to interrupt your life and mess with your plans. It is going to wreck your peace and your sleep and your friendships. And every inch of your world is going to change but you, Mary. You are the one that God is going to do this. His name is going to be Jesus. And, the, and one day he will sit on the throne of God and rule forever. And it's going to come through you. It's going to come through you. That's basically what the angel was saying when he said, you, greetings, you who are highly favored. Me? But I don't have that much education. You, you are highly favored. But I, I, I don't have that much money. I don't have that much to offer. You, you're highly favored. Turn to your neighbor and tell them with, with conviction. Tell them with conviction. Tell them you are highly favored. 
See, some of you ain't saying with conviction. You're just looking at them like, you are, oh, Jesus. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. I need you with conviction to look at them and to tell them like the angel of the Lord just showed up in front of them right now. And just tell them, tell them, you are highly favored. You're highly favored. You're highly favored. Then we find Mary, her response. First, this was Mary's fear. This is Mary's response. She says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Now, this is very important because it's almost like her response is a sidebar. When in all reality, because of her response, we have what we have today. Because of her response, we see something that is joyful in an interruption. Filled, even though we see this uh, within her life, it's an instant change. It could have been a whole lot of waterfall of gossip and drama, but because of her decision, it changed everything. Now, this is also understanding. Her decision was met with death threats. What was her decision? Her decision was yes. Yes. She said yes to God. Sometimes when you say yes to God, you got to say no to man. I'm going to say that one more time until somebody gets that right there. Sometimes your yes to God is no to man. I know you don't always feel, you don't always understand it, but your yes to God is sometimes a no to man. Like, well, well, what do you mean? See, Mary, you got to remember, she was in a culture in a day and age. You cannot get pregnant before you're married. It's looked down upon. Matter of fact, look down upon, you can even have death threats. Somebody say death threats. Because a woman who was pregnant before the wedding was assumed to be an adulteress. And when you actually study the scriptures, if a suspected adulteress maintained her innocence, which probably Mary would have done, she would have been taken to a public place where her clothing would have been torn and her hair let down. And the reason why her hair would be let down is because that's how the prostitutes at the time wore their hair. They could not have it down. So all of a sudden now, this is what could have happened to Mary. And putting in front of a judge or a teacher to make sure that there would be a ruling over her. She would have been mocked and humiliated in public place. So with her saying yes, it wasn't just like a, all right, Lord, use me. It was a, oh, are you sure you want to use me? Because if I say yes, people are going to try to kill me. People are going to make fun of me. People are going to try to humiliate me. Like, are you sure that you want to, me? See, this is what's very important. Mary's yes came with great risk. It came with a great risk. It wasn't all that easy. Matter of fact, Mary's yes even forced Joseph to make some hard decisions as well. Think of it like this. I mean, this is a devout Jewish couple, a devout Jewish man that all of a sudden he has to make decisions. Wait a second. Hey, uh, that's your wife. Are you sure that's your wife? She wasn't sleeping around with you? She wasn't sleeping. Are you sure about that? Because look, I, I thought you guys, you said you weren't married, but uh, okay, none of my business. I'm just saying. So all this stuff surrounding them. Are you sure about that? Are, are you sure you want to get in? Are you sure you want to get involved with this? Are you sure you want to you, you to, uh, you marry her? Are you sure you want to say yes to her? See, this is very important because whenever we say yes to God, a lot of times we begin to think, okay, I'm going to say yes to God, and he's going to take care of my every need, and everything's going to be great. Everything's just going to be awesome. 
And we're just going to be able to tiptoe through the tulips. And it's just going to be fairy dust all over the place. And I'm just going to fly like an eagle. Because it's going to be great. Matter of fact, you would think that the angel would have come and said, Listen, Mary, you have found favor with God. And once the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and you're going to birth this boy, you don't have to worry about a thing. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you the greatest 401k plan of all time. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you a house on a hill. Matter of fact, I got a great house in Naples, Italy for you. You don't have to worry about it after you do this. Just travel right there. I got you. I'm going to take care of you. That's not what happened. You would think, right? Man, you're going to carry, you're going to carry the Son of God. Man, he's really going to take care of you. Oh, yeah, he's going to take care of you. But he's going to take care of you according to his word and his will. I understand. See, a lot of people always ask me, and they say, hey, you're a pastor of a church. Yeah, you're young. Yes, I am. I say, well, after I start explaining to them about Victory Outreach, I always, always get this response. It's like never fails. Because I start talking to them about Victory Outreach. And I explain to them, you know, Victory Outreach, ex-drug addicts, ex-gang members, you know, this and that. And they go, so were you a drug addict? I go, no. Were you a gang member? No. Were you an alcoholic? No. I think I, think I got buzzed off communion one time, and that was about it. It's actually a true story. They had communion. I didn't know. I was like, hey. Shot, 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 shots. All right, that's cool. No, I was never that. So when I start talking to people and they go, well, why are you involved in a church like that if you don't mind me? And they're respectful. They're not all like, well, what's wrong with you? I'm like, well, why do you do that? Like, why would you do that? So you know why? Because the angel of the Lord came to me and I said, yes. That's it. That had nothing to do with really me. Nothing to do, like, I don't have to be an ex this to help somebody who's involved in this. Matter of fact, this is always, I, I share this a lot, and I shared this with the ladies the other day, because I had a conversation with a guy, and we were talking about this particular subject. And as we were talking, I said, hey, let me ask you a question. I go, you ever been to the hospital? Yeah. I go, what'd you go to the hospital for? He goes, I had a broken leg. I go, okay. So I go, when you were there in the waiting room and the doctor showed up, did you ask the doctor? If he's ever had a broken leg before he works on you, he's all, no. I go, how come you didn't ask him? Isn't he supposed to be a doctor who's have an ex-broken leg in order for work on you? No. I said, okay, it's the same way. I don't have to be a drug addict, an ex-drug addict to help those who are in need. I'm just called to do this. That's it. I have a call. God gave me a question, and I said yes. See, when you understand this, that God has called you, you're not worried about, okay, God, but are you going to take care of me? Are you going to do this for me? Is this going to happen? Are you going to give me a husband? Are you going to give me a wife? Is everything going to be okay? Listen, my friend, when God asks you, he's just looking for your response to be a yes. Let it be a yes and amen. God will take care of you, but he's looking for your response according to your call. I know some of you right now, you're like, man, that's a heavy call. I can never do that my friend he's not looking for what you're doing now he's looking for your response for your later he wants to put something inside of you you don't have to be an ex this or ex that you just have to be called by God be a man or a woman that is called by God just learn how to say yes that's it just learn how to say yes pastor Daryl just showed me a, a, a picture just yesterday, I think it was yesterday, uh, they were in the Philippines. 
There's a picture of Pastor Daryl and Sister Gloria and another Filipino. I forgot his name. Pastor No. And the reason why I say that is because Pastor Daryl and Sister Gloria and Pastor No, they're all this height, right? But there's one more person in that picture that he really stands out. It's my father. So you got Pastor No, you got Sister Gloria, Pastor Daryl, then you have Pastor Steve. Well, my father was 6'1", but in the Philippines, he looked like 6'5". Now, you would think, well, you know, Pastor, you're, you're a Mexican. What are you doing with the Filipinos? They're not your size. They're not your culture. You know nothing about them. And the honest to God truth is he really knew nothing about the Filipinos. He didn't know a thing. Learned a whole lot about the Spanish or the Spanish conquered. And there's no, actually a whole, there's an Esteban school over there. Esteban Abada. I learned a whole lot of Romeros. Never seen so many Romeros that are Filipinos in my life. A lot of Pinedas. I was like, hey, I felt pretty good. I was like, all right. But the only reason why we're even able to go through that door is because somebody first said yes to walking in that door. Somebody first had to make that yes. And here was a guy, six foot one, knew nothing about the Philippines, but knew that God called him. Knew that God called him. See, some of you, you're looking at your past like if that determines your future. And God says, no, I'm giving you a call right here, right now. I'm just waiting for you to say yes. There's something that I want to birth inside of you, Vitriol, Return of the Bay, but I'm waiting for a yes. Listen to me, ladies. Listen to me, fellas. God is waiting on your yes. Your yes. Somebody say yes. Somebody say yes. See, God does not promise relief from trouble, but he promises his presence in times of trouble. Mary worshiped this God and could say yes with great confidence in that God. See, Mary knew that if she said yes, just like the women that went before her, she could have great success in the eyes of God. Luke chapter 1 verse 34, we go from Mary's fear to Mary's response, now to Mary's question. In verse 34, she says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Have you ever asked yourself or ever felt like God was nudging you towards something that would turn your world upside down? You ever felt like God was just pushing you in a direction and shaking you and something you just could not erase from your mind, a situation that you could not get around? Have you ever felt like that before? Like God is pushing you in a direction, and you're like, man, why, why, wait, just hold up. I'm not, not ready for that yet. But God's like, come on, come on. You get, I, I, I got something for you. You're like, well, but just not yet. I'm still, I'm still comfortable in my comfort zone, not yet. And yet here's God pushing it in. And say, come on, I got something great for you. And you're like, man, are you, are you sure you want to use me? I don't really know how to do this. I don't really know how to speak like that. I don't really know how to talk like that. See, that? this story right here for Mary was my story. Like me, I, I don't know how to do that stuff. Matter of fact, if you guys saw last or two weeks ago, we showed our shotgun bloopers. Did you guys see that? And in there... That was my very first time testifying. Now, you can't see it really per se, but I never saw the crowd. I never saw the crowd. You know why? Because my eyes were filled with tears. I was crying. I really was crying. You couldn't see it, 
Because, you know, I, you know, I've got to have my swag, right? Oh, uh, what's up? <clears throat> <clears throat> but to be honest, I don't remember the crowd at all. I was crying. My, t- my tears, and they weren't tears of joy. They were tears of fear. I was scared. Never, never done that before in my life. And my dad knew that. So you know when he told me to testify? Right before he walked up there. So he goes, oh, yeah, by the way, Stefan, you're going to testify. Okay, all right. And then he goes up on stage. I went, <laughs> have you ever been in a situation where somebody tells you something and you just lose your breath for a second? You're like, Are you okay? You even have te- people tell you, breathe, just breathe, just breathe. You're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. That's what was happening here with Mary. Mary, you're going to birth the Savior of the world. Are you sure you want to use me? Are you sure that this is something that you want me to do. Listen to me, my friend. When you go through those moments, it's God trying to get your attention. God's trying to speak something not just to you, but inside of you. There's a difference. This is very important. Because when you understand the moment that comes your way, it changes your life forever. See, when you first got saved, you had that moment, right? Right now is the time to get saved. Why? Because you're struggling with the struggles of your past. You're struggling with the insecurities of your past. You're struggling with the incapabilities of who you think you are. Your perception of who you are is not caught up to God's favor yet. It hasn't caught up to that. Like, wait, wait, whoa, hold, hold on for a second. Really, you, you want to use me? You, you want somebody like me to be used for your honor, for your glory? Man, I don't even have any honor. I have nothing to glorify. Why do you want to use me? And yet here is God saying, listen, I know you're a little scared, Mary. I know you're questioning everything. But I, I want you to understand something. I have found favor upon you. I've got something great for you. And if you will just let this get inside of you, it's going to change the world. Listen to me, Victory, I return to the bay. If you will let God's vision get inside of you, it will change the world. Change the world. Now, some of you may think, well, what do you mean, change the world like I got to travel? No, it'll change the world that you walk in every day. I'm walking in power, walking in miracles. I live a life of, why? Because I know who I am. I know who I am. I've been favored by God. I'm not perfect. I'm not God's perfect person. I'm just God's favored person. I've been favored by God. See, the thing about God's favor, Philip Yancey said this. He said, often a work of God comes with two edges, great joy and great pain. All right, I get to do a great work for God, a powerful work for God. Yes, you do. Now here, here's some troubles and trials. Ah, I thought I was going to get a house on the hill. Now I live in the Bay Area. I can barely afford a room in a house. Man, why do I got to go through so much struggles? 
struggles. Some of you guys are like that rapper says, you're struggling with your struggling, struggling with your struggles, and struggles with your struggling. All it is is nothing but struggles. Doing a work for God is a two-edged sword. It's pain, but it's also joy. I know it hurts, but weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I know it may hurt right now. I know it may be painful right now, but joy is on its way, right? There's that old song. There's, I, I shared it with the ladies last Monday. That was, I grew up with that song, joy and pain. Come on, Ziza. Like, uh, sing it one more time. Pump it up, pump it up. And pain. It's like sunshine and rain. Wait a second. I wish it would just be sunny all the time. And everything would be great. And nobody would give me dirty looks. And everybody would just be okay. When I walk in, there would be everybody just saying, Welcome to VO Heart of the Bay. I'm so glad you're here. But instead... I saw her. She was looking at me dirty. I saw that dirty look. Okay, okay. All right. I'm going to give you some joy, and I'm going to give you some pain. All right. Why does it have to be so hard? Why is life so hard? My father used to say, life is going to be hard, but with God, it's good and hard. Still hard. But I got saved. I thought it was supposed to be easy. No, it's supposed to stay difficult because God needs to grow your character. You're not de- God's not done with you yet. God is not done with your marriage yet. God is not done with your parenting yet. God is not done with your finance. God is not done with you yet. God is still up to something in your life. Don't throw in the towel. Don't throw off the jacket. Just learn how to serve with that towel. Learn how to do it. And the last thing that we see here, and I close with this is that Mary then began to sing. Mary began to sing. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 46. Verse 46. I know it's been painful, but some of you got to learn how to sing. Tell your neighbor, learn how to sing. It says right here in verse 46. It says, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble stake of his servant from now on all generations will call me blessed Ooh, for the mighty one has done great things for me holy is his name his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation oh I love that part He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. Isn't that awesome? He He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. Somebody say merciful. Then it says, to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This was Mary's song. Now, look, at, I don't know about you, but after all this stuff that had been happening, 
you got to think of it like this. Remember, Mary had death threats. People are going to be talking about her. People are going to be saying stuff about her. People are going to be talking about her clothes, what she's wearing. Oh, I see a little bump there. Oh, there. What are you? Uh, hold on. Wait. That, that's not normally there. Oh, okay. All right. I'm not going to say that. Like, all this stuff, all this drama, all this stuff surrounding her. And what does Mary do? She sings. She sings. In the midst of her life changing forever, she sings. A divine interruption comes, and she begins to sing. Well, what should I do? You would think that she would have gone and started calling her friends. Hey, hey, uh, you know what? This is going to be happening, but I need you to have my back, okay? You guys got to have my back because I need you right now. Come on. If you really my friend, come on, let's keep it 100. I need you right now. She doesn't go to her friends. She doesn't start texting. She doesn't start calling. She doesn't start sending pigeons and letting everybody know, hey, I need your help right now. Come on, you got to have my, if you're my real friend, you're going to have my back. No, she doesn't go through all that. She sings. See, some of us are far too caught up with when we're down, we want everybody to be down with us. I'm feeling down. You should come down and be depressed with me. I'm feeling horrible. You need to feel horrible with me. Agree with my horrible feelings. Agree with how I'm doing. This is not good, right? Right? This is horrible, right? And we try to get that, that confirmation of how horrible we feel. Oh, yeah, I feel bad for you. And what all that does is that just keeps you in a cycle down there. Keeps you in a cycle. But what does Mary do? She says, okay, listen. I'm going to spend some time with God. And I'm going to sing to him a new song. Matter of fact, this song, when you study history, this song in Luke chapter 1 was banned in Guatemala in the 80s because it was considered a revolutionary cry. A revolutionary cry. Because this song was a revolution that now just happened. And what I love about this song is not only did she sing it, but she sang it like God already did it. Oh, my God. I mean, think about that. God has already blessed me. He's already given me faith. He's already, he's already brought up the humble. Isn't that awesome? Already talking about what God already did. Not like, hey, God, I really need you right now. You know what I'm going through, God. I ain't got to tell you, but, uh, hey, God, I really need you. No, 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 God, I'm going to sing like this has already been done. I'm going to sing it like the favorite person that I am. Now, the thing about this song is that it shows the redemption plan of God, that God plans to redeem all the broken remains of the life that are scattered across the dark world. See, here in a culture for Mary where freedom of speech was not welcome and death was the penalty for disagreeing with the leadership, Mary's song was an earthquake to their spirit. This is very important because if anybody were to hear her singing this song, they would know right away who this song was directed to. And the song was directed to Herod. Because Herod was the one saying, hey, hey, hold on, this Messiah, yeah, I'm going to get rid of all these so-called Messiah, and I'm going to just start killing all the kids under two years old. So there ain't going to be no Messiah going to be born. And so what does Mary do? She says, okay, I get it. I understand what you want to do, but I'm still going to sing of God's grace and God's mercy. I'm still going to sing of God's love. Listen to me, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. When is the last time you stopped getting on the phone and you started getting on your knees and singing a song? See, we live in a generation that says, I need to express myself. I'm just saying. 
And that's all we, we just want to express. I want to be heard. Somebody needs to hear me. And if you don't agree with me or don't believe in what I'm believing, believing then block. I don't want to talk to you anyways. That's the generation we live in. We forgot what it is to go through pain and sing a song. We forgot what it was to give God his rightful place in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our hurt, in the midst of going through it and feeling like you're not going to come out of it. I know what you're going through right now is difficult. I get that. I believe that. I understand that the pain that you're going through is more difficult than anybody can ever understand. But I'm telling you this. You can try your best to get confirmation and affirmation from your friends, but they're never, ever going to fill that void. They're never going to fill that. Mary understood. And she said, hey, I've been going through so much pain, and there's a lot of things that's going to be happening right now that people are not going to like, and I'm going to get frustrated. But before all that happens, I'm going to give you the glory. See, what happens, and never underestimate this, and I close with this, never underestimate the power of a divine interruption. Never underestimate the power of a divine interruption. When God comes in and says, it's time to cut some things. No, 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 I'm not ready. Not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. No, 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 no. Right now is the time. No, but you don't understand. You don't understand. God, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm just, I, I know what I'm doing. Just give me a few months. I know exactly. Look, I'm just telling you right now. No, no, no. Just uh, trust me. Trust me. I, I, I know, right? There's a plan. I know you got a plan for me, right? Everybody knows you got a plan. And plans are cool. Plans are great. But can we just kind of delay the plans? But Mary's yes changed all that. Because of her yes, we're here. You never know who's behind your yes. You never know who's behind your yes. I know it hurts. I know it's painful. But there's somebody behind your yes.